0: Welcome to Mugglecaster weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Eric. I'm
2: Micah.
3: And I'm Laura.
0: We have a Muggle Mail episode today, plus we have some odds and ends to discuss from the Harry Potter reunion. If you want to get our full discussion on that, go back one week. We did a reunion review that was longer than the (laughs) reunion itself, so do check that out. And we're going to get to Muggle Mail later in the episode. We're going to start with talk of the 20th anniversary. So we reviewed The Reunion about a day after we got to see it. Since we saw it, a few interesting observations have popped up online. So let's talk about them. First of all, a screenwriting team shared something they noticed about The Reunion on Twitter. They are Shannon and Swift. They said, saw the Harry Potter 20th, and I am stunned and dismayed. They didn't even mention screenwriter Steve Kloves. Do they think anyone could adapt a 900-page book into a beloved film? He wrote all save one and was as essential to success as the directors who were all profiled. That got 8,000 likes on Twitter. Does anybody here remember even a mention of Steve
3: Kloves? I don't think so. I don't think so. This is a really good call out. That's shocking to me. I think I know why,
1: and this is just my theory on this: is that they wanted to get away from the entire storytelling aspect of the books in a way to distance themselves from Rolling. Basically, I think that when you talk about what Steve Clovis's work did in adapting the books, you then kind of get waylaid into talking about the books, yeah. and it's a, it's a it's an oversight they should absolutely correct. They should have figured out a way to credit the man because he's done amazing work consistently. But I think it's because they just weren't talking about the writing at all because of the way that they kind of hoped to do this special.
2: Yeah. That's a fair point. But obviously David Heyman was featured in this and yeah. he was the one who was responsible for these films really happening in the first place and and making that initial connection with JK Rowling. So I can see where you're coming from though. There wasn't a whole lot of discussion about the Harry Potter books, maybe here and there. Other kind of notable crew members though did get mentioned. Stuart Craig got a couple of shout-outs throughout the course of the reunion. Obviously yeah. David Heyman, David Barron. So that's a little bit disappointing though, now that I think about it, that Steve Clovis didn't get any kind of recognition he adapted all but one yeah.
0: yeah and i like eric's idea but they did include rolling you know they had that archival yeah. footage <laughs> and a couple of people did mention her so i i guess i still gr- agree with your point though that they didn't want to spend too much time on the writing
1: listen it was all about pacing andrew this, uh, <laughs> this reunion was all about that's going to be the official statement really you just wait you just wait a week from now you want them to talk about the screenwriting process because it's it's important. Otherwise, it's erasure. Otherwise, it's like you're pretending they weren't skillfully adapted by a writer. And anybody looking to get into that profession, there's the representation that you're lacking by not including, you know, Steve Clovis.
0: Oh, well, maybe in the extended edition that I think will happen at some point. <laughs> so also, there were a couple of mistakes in the reunion. The first one was caught very quickly. And to intro it, let's play a voice memo from one of our listeners, Issy.
3: Hi Mugglecasters, my name's Izzy. I absolutely loved the reunion show, particularly the Richard Harris Phoenix anecdote, which was just delightful. But you guys have touched on before that you think this might have been put together quite hastily and quite speedily. And I just wanted to note that the 551 mark, they showed two photos of Emma Watson as a child, but one of those photos is not Emma Watson, it's actually Emma Roberts. I just wanted to know your thoughts on this sloppy bit of editing, how this happened, like who was doing the research there, and if this speaks to the fact that this was quite hastily put together, although overall, wonderful. Thanks, guys.
0: So here's Oops. my guess as to what happened. Somebody googled Emma Watson Young, and for whatever reason, this photo showed up. <laughs> and They were like, copy, paste.
2: That's so wild, though. Don't they need to get approvals and clearances? To use those photos in the first place? That's what yeah. I was
0: thinking, too. Wouldn't they be like, hey, Emma Watson's people, we want to use this image. Is that okay? Maybe we can blame this on Emma Watson's people. Maybe they didn't bother the check if it was actually legitimately Emma or not.
1: They were just like, sure. Yeah, but where whatever. Did the, where did the outrage come from here? Because I, I know that with another bit of controversy, it was posted by the star themselves. But did Emma call them out? Or what What exactly was they no. just noticed?
0: People just noticed. I think people have gotten confused by this photo before. People who are listening live can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this isn't the first time people have said that this is a photo of Emma Watson when it's actually Emma Roberts. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I would just think that when putting together something like this, um, the producers would be in touch with everyone's agents and that everyone's agents would have the ability to be like, yeah, if you need... Childhood photos, here's some approved images that we already have in our back pocket for instances like these. And I think, Andrew, you're probably right. Somebody went on Google and was like, oh, here's a picture of her. Kinda looks like her. I mean, they're kids, so close enough. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Um, and also if they were Google image searching, you mentioned that people have been confused by this image before. They might have seen it referenced in an article that used it incorrectly as well.
1: Right. Yeah. It's
3: not yeah. a huge deal, but it is sloppy. Oh, it's sloppy. it
1: gets worse. But yeah, I will say the one ironic thing is I just did Google young Emma Watson, Google image search, and now it pops up with a photo of of the Mickey Mouse young girl, Emma Watson and Emma Roberts. So there's no <laughs> mistaking There's There can be no confusion now. Yeah.
0: Emma Watson did have fun with this on Wednesday morning. She posted the photo of Emma Roberts and said, I was not this cute. And then she tagged Emma Roberts. I'm sure you were that cute, Emma Watson. Yeah, she
3: was. Come
0: on. Tom Felton will back us up on this.
3: (laughs) We also saw a lot of Emma's real childhood pictures in the beginning of Deathly Hallows Part 1, right? They Mm use those in the film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely a cute child. Don't sell yourself short.
0: So the other big mistake, I guess some might argue this was a bigger mistake, but I could see how this would happen. James and Oliver Phelps's names were backwards on one title card. So they come up on screen for an interview and their names come up below them, but their names are backwards. (laughs) I'm going to quote The Hollywood Reporter now. A second error was noticed by Harry Potter star Oliver Phelps, who portrayed one half of the Weasley twins. In a screen grab from the special shared on his Instagram, Phelps pointed out that he was misidentified as his twin brother, James. I guess after all those pranks over the years, somebody decided to get their revenge, he quipped on Instagram. Tom Felton jokingly took credit for the mislabel, writing under Phelps's post, it was my doing, alongside a snake <laughs> emoji. Matt Lewis, who, who portrayed Neville Longbottom in the films, wrote, this is legit hilarious. Dude, WTF? Ha ha.
1: <laughs> Matt Lewis <laughs> I is like, how did they screw this up? I want to point out a couple of fun things here, which, first of all, uh, <laughs> the actor is taking it very lightly, mm-hmm. right? This is wonderful. This is, you know, Oliver's like, okay, I get it. We pulled all these pranks. It's okay. Like, you got me. Um, Great way to not like feign outrage, but still to make the point that, come on, like Warner Brothers, if if anybody's going to get them right, like, you know, Harry Potter fans can tell them apart. Their employers should be able to tell, or at least look it up for crying out loud.
0: Or didn't they take a note while filming that? Like, okay, on the left is James, on the right is Oliver, or whichever order
1: they're actually. They really in. ought to put them in Weasley sweaters, like J and O. There you uh, go. You know, yeah, we'll all see, the time if they're if they. Have Andrew, trouble. they
3: probably did that, but then the person putting together the the name graphics was like, "Wait, was it their left or my left?"
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> ah, stage left. <laughs> camera left yeah uh and then the other thing i wanted to say was look at these co-stars swooping in this is amazing this is this is another <laughs> reunion of stars on the post <laughs> about the reunion that's the reunion we wanted to see <laughs> that's the reunion of the reunion i only wonder what ian hart would think of this if we heard from him. maybe
2: he's the one responsible because he got eight seconds of airtime. oh yeah. yeah but uh what's funny about this is that i think they're easier to tell apart now than they were back when they were filming the movies. So it is a little surprising though. I don't know. It is kind of lighthearted at the same time. I don't, it it would actually be kind of funny if this was something that they included just to kind of make some extra buzz after the fact.
0: Mm. (laughs) It is a very Weasley twin thing to do, right? It's in character. I did wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they screwed with them while they were filming that interview. Never know. <laughs> and they gave the wrong names. But okay, I'll just admit it. I can't tell these two apart. How can everybody tell them apart? Does one of them have a mole and the other doesn't?
1: Well, no, one of them's got longer hair um, and, and has that you know traditional kind of cool guy look. I don't want to mess <laughs> this up. I, But even if I can't tell them apart, uh, people can and their employer should.
0: Yes, I agree with that. I guess it depends on, on what photos you're looking at, but some... They do have different hairstyles and then in others they don't. Has one decided, okay, I'm gonna be the long haired dude henceforth? No. Yeah, I think they have I different th- vibes. You no, know,
3: if you're if you're a really big fan of the Phelps twins and say you've watched a lot of interviews, you've followed whatever projects they're working on over the years, there are probably just small things that you pick up on, like slight differences in facial expressions or speech patterns, just like how you would if you knew twins in real life.
0: Right, 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 right.
3: Andrew's like, I don't know. I I couldn't tell the difference between twins that I know in real I'm life.
0: Constantly getting duped <laughs>
1: by the twins I know all the I time. I don't know
0: any twins in real life. I, I yeah. don't. Okay, so this is from Live Journal. Oliver has two moles on his neck and James has a scar over his left eyebrow, as well as a chicken pox scar on his nose. So that's how you tell them apart.
2: So needless to say, somebody who worked on this reunion might be in a little bit of hot water.
0: Yeah, it's embarrassing. Today. And to Issy's question, does this show that this special was rushed? I would say yes. Yeah. There were a couple gaping errors that could have been resolved with another quality assurance check or two. I, I think these are things. Did you ever see something like these uh, mistakes happen in the DVD special features? No. And those things can't be changed. HBO Max did fix both of these issues very quickly. So give them credit for that, I guess. But thank God this didn't go to print on a billion DVDs because it would you can't fix that. Wow. But I'm just saying there was never a mistake back when they were doing the DVDs and all that. They they took their time to make sure everything was correct. And maybe they should have employed those people to do this special.
2: That's because Steve Clovis fact checked everything. <laughs>
0: Steve, can you fact check our reunion for us? No, you didn't include me. Okay. Oh, like I said, those, those uh, two things were fixed. That's all well and good. However, in the days since our last episode, I have been in contact with people behind the scenes at the reunion, and I have a big exclusive now. This is a MuggleCast top 10 list. MuggleCast's top 10 outtakes that we don't know for sure happened during the reunion, but they totally did. Wink, wink. Okay, these totally happened. Wink, wink. Number one, Helena ended her chat with Dan by whipping out a bottle of whiskey and tossing it into the back of the Gringotts vault. It's a little celebratory moment that was cut. Number two, Matt Lewis begged producers to let him talk about how hot he got over the course of filming. But they said no. I think that was mean. They should have.
3: Yeah, but his hotness speaks for itself. Does he have to explicitly mention it?
0: Mm. I hope they told him that. I hope they told him that. (laughs) Number three. This was really sweet. Rupert surprised Emma with a new gerbil named Scabbers. Oh,
3: well, Andrew, speaking of corrections, um, I don't believe Emma's gerbil died. I think it was her hamster. (laughs) I was wondering that
0: and I didn't bother to look it up. (laughs) You know what?
3: Check your facts. Okay.
0: (laughs) My source was wrong. This is Take how news. accidents
1: happen on these things.
0: Okay, I think the rest of these are correct. Number four, Mark Williams brought a couple dozen rubber ducks to set, and the Weasley cast members started having a rubber duck fight on the Burrow set. That would have been cool to see. Number five, Michael Gambon, he actually was interviewed, but he would not stop cursing because he couldn't solve the latest Wordle puzzle. That sounds about right. Number six, Tom and Emma were caught flirting backstage. And footage shows them repeatedly exchanging their best Potter impressions. Love it. Number seven, Dan tried to push Gary through the veil for old time's (laughs) sake. I thought that was mean. That was mean. I can see why they cut that. (laughs) Number eight, Yates spent an additional three hours carefully explaining why Harry and Voldemort's heads merging into one in Deathly Hallows Part 2 made perfect sense.
2: That's because he talks like this, so soft (laughs) and so slowly. (laughs)
3: <laughs> crazy that the three hour explanation was longer than Deathly Hallows part two. You This know? <laughs> is <laughs> a lot. Number nine, Maggie
0: Smith showed up to set, but was in full character as the Dowager Countess from Downton Abbey, and she would not stop reciting her best lines from that show. So they had to send her home.
2: I can see that. I recently watched that series. It was awesome. Oh, it's
0: so good. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very good. And number ten, Rafe finds that a live reading of a Voldemort Bellatrix fan fiction that he wrote, in which things get very steamy. And Laura, you saw another one.
3: I've had it confirmed by multiple cast members that Ray Fiennes was actually on set with um, all of the cast who were present, and he wouldn't stop giving people hugs and saying, "Well done!" In character, it was really freaking people out. <laughs> Tom Felton got a pass though, because he already went through it once before.
0: Ah, uh, uh, right, right, went right, right. through it. Well done, <laughs> Robbie. Well done, Dan. Well done, Helen. I
3: can't believe none
1: of these scenes that are now confirmed ever made it into the finished product.
0: I know, maybe in the extended edition.
2: So now it's time for Muggle Mail. We uh, pulled together a lot of feedback on the reunion going through our social media channels. Huge shout out to Chloe, who compiled a bunch of responses for us across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Got a bunch of voicemails, a bunch of emails, and then we have a few other emails to get to, which are related to some of our episodes from back in 2021. So Uh, excited to get to these. Uh, And I was actually surprised by some of the feedback we got on the reunion. Not necessarily as positive as we all were. Normally we're the critical ones. Yeah. yeah. I
1: I heard people on on our, uh, I saw people on our patron Facebook group say that they really actually enjoyed the reunion until our episode reminded them all the things that could have been better.
0: Oh no. Really? Well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll try to be more positive, maybe. I thought we were
2: pretty positive. We we I gave our so criticisms too. at the top, and then we jumped into it.
1: Well, that yeah. echoes my experience with the reunion special, too, because I think that through all the positivity, we did talk about things that would have been cooler or things that were absent. and And in so doing, it really did make me want even more than what we got. But so... I
2: get it. Maybe they stopped at the criticisms and that was it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> to- out. Yeah.
0: All right. So getting to this feedback, this first one is from Heidi B. I love the interaction between Emma and Tom. I think because their characters hated each other, I always forget that they are actually good friends. I love when she said, we just love each other.
4: Very Aww. cute.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that was a good one. And then Debbie said, I cried several times, but Rupert telling Emma he loved her, then just as friends, made me cry and laugh. I love Rupert Grant, and he is usually a person of few words. I loved how open he was here. Yeah, that was actually an observation I wanted to make in our last episode. We've come to know Rupert as a very reserved person who really doesn't speak too much. Like if you see him on the Harry Potter press tour, maybe it was just making him anxious or maybe he was just more shy back then. He was pretty quiet and he wouldn't really give deep answers very often. So I went into this expecting him to be pretty short with his words. He ended up having a good amount to say. And obviously he moved a lot of people when he was talking to Emma face to face in particular.
1: Yeah, and again, that comic timing hasn't lost a bit, um, you know, with this whole, as as friends, he comes to save the day. Uh, here's a comment from Shannon. Uh, she says, I thought it was a letdown. The trailer promised so much, but we got so little interaction between cast members, and they just seem to recycle anecdotes we've all heard for years. I was really hoping for some unreleased footage, cough, peeves, cough, or even a Fantastic Beasts trailer. I know COVID makes it hard, but would have loved to have seen larger group interactions rather than just Dan Emma interviewing everyone. Yeah. Knowing that they were all together in the same, like around these banquet tables uh, really does mean that COVID wasn't at fault for a lot of the cut content. I think. Yeah.
2: I think this is a fair criticism about the lack of larger panels or, or segments. Uh, I know Andrew, you've talked about the Friends reunion before. That said, I think it's easier to get a handful of people together than it is to get – this This was a huge cast, let's not forget. uh, To get them all to sit down to talk about a scene or a movie probably requires a little bit more effort, especially in the midst of a pandemic going on. So uh, I definitely understand where Shannon is coming from though.
1: As far as anecdotes, like the one about Alfonso giving them homework. OK, I had heard that before. I knew exactly how each cast member mm-hmm. responded. I had heard it before. But there's something special about hearing it again. You know, I didn't. And 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 other stories did surprise me.
0: And many of the stories, even if we've heard them before, I'm sure at least 50% of the audience. Yes. Hasn't heard those stories before. So you got to keep Absolutely. that in mind, too.
1: Yep.
2: 100%. Right. There there were definitely things that I learned for the first time from the reunion and I will say too and, and and you know don't necessarily take this the wrong way but I think not having the author there probably played a huge role into what they could do. So if if this whole situation wasn't going on with JK Rowling right now she would probably have been very much involved in how the reunion was structured, how she, you know different panels, different segments and I think they probably had to find a way to work around that. It's possible.
3: Fair point.
1: So here's a comment from Corey, JK Rowling, of course they used interview segments from 2019 as the most up-to-date info on the interviews. Why didn't they do that with other actresses and actors who couldn't make it via Zoom or whatever uh that is actually an interesting point because when you go to the studio tour, there are tons of very specific interviews that you can only see while walking around there from pretty much everybody. They could easily have come across a Steve Clovis interview and put that in the special. Time, time, time. That's yeah. that's all I can say. say.
0: Maybe yeah. WB set a hard limit on this at like 145. Cause the special was one forty-three, right? So Do you think yeah. so though? I don't know. I'm just guessing why some people were left out when they shouldn't have been, like Steve Clovez. I or mean, or if Michael it was Gambit. three
2: hours, people would watch it, and that only means better numbers for them. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I understand what you're what you're saying, but I I think there are definitely notable omissions from this, yeah. including Michael Gambon, which we talked about, Maggie well, Smith, Warwick I Davis. Think
3: it also speaks to again. How quick of a turnaround did they have here? When was this project actually conceived? And when did they actually get everyone together to film? I mean, I think that's also, in addition to COVID, a big part of the reason why you just wouldn't be able to get this whole cast together at the same time. They're working actors, most of them. They have schedules. They have jobs. It's a fair point.
2: I mean, we know Chris Rankin was traveling, right? Eric had this whole tour that he was doing and he's a huge fan favorite that wasn't at this reunion
0: i'm just gonna throw this out there the friends reunion was 143 the harry potter reunion was 142 coincidence
1: (laughs) i don't know i something's up there Something exact high up was like how long should we make it Uh, just just make it like friends (laughs) right right, yeah they took it to heart yeah and don't don't
0: hit two hours i swear to god uh, <laughs> and I don't know why they would say that. I don't know why, but because Listen, I think Because otherwise,
1: the, al- the alternative is we're led to believe that all of those banquet scenes with the actors all together were bad. That they yeah. th- that there was nothing fun or usable or exciting about that. What I, I just find that to be
3: impossible to believe? Well, it's because they weren't allowed to drink real champagne.
2: That, <laughs> oh, Thank yeah, you for put- bringing that up. I saw that somewhere.
0: <laughs> they are like, we're out On of here. On our Discord. Yeah. I had another thought about the banquet scenes. Maybe... They shot them with every intention to include those, but they thought it was too awkward to not have Dan and Rupert with everybody else in the banquet. Because as far as we can tell, listen to my wild crackpot theories in the last episode. As far as we can tell, Dan and Rupert weren't there when everybody else was. Rupert may not have actually been there at all. So maybe the the banquet scenes were just too they didn't feel it was right to run those when it's just Emma and not Dan and Rupert they're trying to hide that Dan and Rupert weren't with the rest of them and the banquet scenes would have put a spotlight on that
3: yeah And problem. that's false advertising because they're in the great hall on the poster that's all I'm saying
0: <laughs> right right ah, ah. and that skin is false advertising they are airbrushed <laughs> to hell ah. and I am jelly
2: with the airbrushing maybe that's why they couldn't tell James and Oliver apart from each other <laughs>
0: Yeah, hi- hiding the moles and the, uh, and the chicken pox. <laughs> yep, we just solved it. We just solved it. Great. Oh my God. I love when we figure things out.
3: Uh, well, we also heard from some folks on Twitter and Instagram. Alyssa said, to me, the whole thing feels like they rushed to get something together. typos, wrong photos, Rupert not being there in person, not being able to get most folks together, etc. So yeah, echoing some of those criticisms about, um, you know how how early they started planning this special, even though I, you know, in the end, I think we were all happy to see something. Right? I- I'm to happy put a with positive, it. Positive, yeah, to put a positive spin on it. I mean, I would rather the special than no special.
0: I mean, we're squeezing two episodes of content out of it, so it's <laughs> it's really great for us. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And then Jillian said on Instagram, I wish it was less of a behind-the-scenes recap of stories that we already knew and more interactions with the actors themselves. Dan and Helena were just so much fun. I agree with this. Mm-hmm. Dan and Helena Bonham Carter just had really great chemistry. They were funny together. Um, they were spontaneous we actually learned something that we didn't know before <laughs> from watching the two of them talk, and I would have liked to see more of that. I think that and uh, Tom Felton and um, Jason Isaacs were my favorite parts.
0: On the previous comment from Alyssa about it feeling rushed, I do think they wanted to get this out before the new Fantastic Beast movie, but now I'm almost a little scared. This is a you know, tangent, but I'm a little scared that the Dumbledore movie might be re- delayed. Because of COVID, we just found out yesterday that uh, Sony is delaying their new Morbius movie. What is this villain? Mobius? Uh, Morbius? Morbius thing. Morbius. Thank you. Mm -hmm. They're they're delaying it from this month to April. I'm wondering if that's going to push things down the road. Best case scenario for us is they release this movie on HBO Max instead. That would be amazing.
3: I would love that.
0: But if they do delay the theatrical release and they do keep it in theaters exclusively then rushing the reunion
1: was all for nothing. So now I'm getting scared about Dumbledore. (laughs) Great. Now I have anxiety. I got to call up (laughs) BetterHelp.
2: We also heard from Jamie on Instagram who said, Where was Warwick Davis? And were Dan and Rupert too busy to do the dancing intro with Emma? Anyways, otherwise, absolutely loved it. Warwick Davis, another huge fan favorite uh, in this series, Uh, And and I think if you look around at a lot of those who weren't there, you could say that they have done a ton of Potter press in the past.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: I was thinking even of like David Dulles or Natalia Tenna. There were no Dursleys. Obviously, we know Richard Griffith's past, but Fiona Shaw wasn't there. So
1: Harry Melling. If they had focused on just the first film, they would have had work. They would have had Harry Melling and Fiona Shaw for sure. Guaranteed. David Bradley. And David Bradley, who I would love to hear from about his experience on Potter.
3: But -hmm. we have to be honest and say, you know, we are the super fans, right? So that's the kind of detail we're looking for. But when HBO Max is putting out this kind of, you know, probably very expensive project, they have to think about general audiences, too. Right. It can't just be about what the harry potter super fans want it has to be about what's gonna land with the most people
0: mm. yeah and it could have been an availability thing for warwick and of course we know that hbo said no longer than an hour 45 so <laughs> they had to cut make, make, make like cut friends. somewhere
3: you know what i was gonna say andrew that whole like no longer than an hour 45 sounds like someone else i know and I'm just wondering, do you secretly have a job at HBO Max? <laughs> Wait, Were you what? the editor? Were you the editor of this special?
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. Last week's episode, I was like, this can't be longer than the reunion. So I yep. uh, you know, I am adamant about timing and all that. Yeah, maybe the editor just didn't want to edit something so long. They well, okay, let's throw this out there too. They only shot this over Thanksgiving. They didn't have time to edit together a three hour special. So maybe they said we can get an hour and 45 minute long reunion special done in a month. There you go. I just answered it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One final comment over on Instagram from Gabby who said, I can't believe they ended it with that quote from Snape.
1: Yeah, kind of a problematic quote, I guess. No. What do you mean? I think she just
0: means uh, Gabby was really moved by it.
1: Oh, moved by it. Oh, well. You know, it's, well, we, we get into Snape's love for Lily and how it was kind of unhealthy. Oh, um, <laughs> well, it's a, a touching people, quote. I mean, a lot of a lot of people, myself included, think that while sweet intention, the more you get into it, always doesn't really do a lot for me emotionally.
3: Chloe is um, clarifying that uh, Gabby was not moved by this. Gabby hated this, and that's oh. why Gabby wrote right. about it. Welcome wow.
0: OK, yeah. well, I guess I should stop signing some of our emails like, you know, thanks for being a fan of the show after all this time, always.
1: <laughs> uh, well, if that's the signature, Andrew, that's OK, because everybody understands that changing signatures is just a pain in the butt. You can just leave it like that and it'll be totally but I fine. I say it on the show change.
0: all the time, too. Thanks for being with us
1: after all you this time. You say it all the time? You I don't say, say always, but I say after okay. all this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. No, no your Dumbledore <laughs> impression Your Dumbledore impression is second to none. If Jude Law ever quits, I want you as Dumbledore. So (laughs) never change. Well, to the listeners that like
0: the after all this time always, um, I just want to say I stand by you. And not because not from the creepy angle. I just think it's very meaningful.
2: Speaking of uh, Dumbledore quotes.
0: Yes. So we have some voicemails now. And this first one is from Cassandra.
4: Mugglecast. so I just found my way back to the Harry Potter series after taking a long break due to JKR frustration and ended up watching both Deathly Hallows Part 2 and Return to Hogwarts on New Year's Day. And let me tell you, I bawled my eyes out through both of them because they both really drive home the weight of how much the series means and just how much bigger it is than one person. And It was really cathartic seeing those emotions reflected in the 10-year journey of filming. So I love the reunion, especially understanding the directorial journey of the series. But my burning question is, and I know Micah mentioned this briefly, but... What happened with Michael Gambon? I know there could be several reasons he couldn't attend, but nobody even really made mention of working with him like they did for other actors, including, of course, Richard Harris. So I have to say it felt like an intentional snub to me, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Intentional snub. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. I, the, the point, obviously, that
2: he wasn't there was brought up before, but I do really like the point she made about how Gambon isn't even really referenced we talked about how steve clovis doesn't get a mention but i don't think michael gambin gets a mention at all in this reunion either he may be in scenes but he's yeah. definitely not talked about by any of the cast
1: yeah um, which is surprising i'm grateful for how much of richard harris footage we got uh and if it ever had to be a choice between seeing in like footage of richard harris and then fighting with screen time for footage of Michael Gambon. I would have chosen Harris not just because he's my favorite Dumbledore he is, but because of the 20th anniversary like of the first two films, the ones that Richard Harris was in. So as far as I'm concerned, like the the Michael Gambon being absent doesn't surprise me in any way or shock me.
3: Something else worth pointing out, I mean remembering that we are still in a pandemic. Michael Gambon is 81 and that there might've just been health considerations on his part.
0: And here's a little more feedback from Thomas. Hey, Muggle cast. This is Thomas way down in Alabama.
3: I'm a Ravenclaw,
0: 31 years old. I just wanted to say, uh, awesome job on y'all's recap of the HBO max reunion. Um, my best part or my favorite part, of course, is where I broke down with,
1: uh, Robbie Coltrane saying, uh, you know, Hagrid's not going to be around in 50 years. And I just, you know, I tilted my head down and started shaking because I was saying to
0: myself, he should not have said that. He should not have said that. <laughs> um, you know, obviously a call back to, uh, to Hagrid and, and, and movie one, but just wanted to say keep up the great work and look forward to what you guys, uh, are going to be putting out for the, for the new year for 2022. Thanks guys. Have
1: a magical year. Thank you.
0: Us too, uh-huh. Thomas. We're looking forward to the new year and great story.
3: That's sweet. Southern Ravenclaws. I dig it. I like
0: how he said his Hogwarts house at the beginning. Mm-hmm. More of that, listeners, please. That's a great idea. And we have one more piece of feedback from Brianna.
5: Hi, Mugglecast. This is Brianna. I just finished listening to your recap of the the Harry Potter special, and it was so great, and I loved it. You asked for submissions of our favorite part, and (laughs) this isn't really my favorite part, but it was the part that I remember the most because we were laughing so hard. It was actually during the really serious part, the in memoriam, and it was so sweet and touching, and then all these names come up of all the people who have passed since the finishing of the films. And for some reason, the only one that I saw and that kind of jumped out of the screen at me was his name was Deadman. Like his last name was Deadman, D-E-A-D-M-A-N. Deadman? I don't know. But in the context of this super somber and sweet In Memoriam chapter, just to see that somebody's name was Deadman. So my (laughs) husband and I are like on IMDb trying to find out... (laughs) Who this guy is, and like, is this a joke? Not a joke, actually. His name, just really unfortunate.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, you know, a valid question to check if that's legit after these two other flubs that were
1: spotted. Oh, right. <laughs> As if it wasn't just some kind of lorem ipsum sort of thing. But would um, they
2: check the first name too? I would think his name is Derek Deadman. He played Tom the Barman. And, in the
1: in the only two canon appearances of Tom the Barman, by the way,
2: yeah, and actually, Screen Rant did a really nice job of pulling together all of those who were on that title card and going through and showing them from the films. So, uh, a lot of them were probably lesser known characters, and uh, in addition, obviously, to the those that they featured longer segments on. But uh, if folks want to check that out, I. We can put that in the show notes.
3: Yeah. All right. Some emails now. Joel says, "Longtime listener, first time emailer. I was wondering if you caught the cut in the Emma interview about Tom Felton. The timestamp for the line of Emma's that is cut is 51 minutes and three seconds. She says, I think really the truth of it is Tom was the one I could often be more dot, dot, dot vulnerable with watch between more and vulnerable and you can see that there is a cut. My question to you is, what do you think was cut out? It was probably an innocent misspeak on Emma's part. But I'm now dreaming of a profession of love or some admittance of a long secret relationship between Tom and Emma that happened for years during filming. What do you think?
0: I, I think this. Laura should lead an investigation on this because she was really shipping Tom and Emma hard last week.
3: See, I really wasn't. I feel like there was a vibe, though. And a, lot of Definitely pe- a vibe. A lot of people picked up on it. It's not just me. Mm. What I was saying last week is that it's their business and whether they have a relationship or not, Whether they want people to know about it or not, if it exists, is their business. See, but just saying
0: saying that implies that you think there might be something there. And I think the ship sailed. No, I think the ship sailed at least 10 years ago. There's no chance of this. I'll bet my chemistry vibrating still got it. What chemistry? We barely saw them together in this reunion. Um, Except um,
3: for did you not go on Twitter and see all of the slowed down HD videos that people put up of them dancing in the Great Hall? See,
0: you are shipping it hard. You're looking at all this stuff. I I was
3: looking at the return to Hogwarts hashtag and like 80% of the tweets under that were about Tom and Emma.
0: Well, you know, Twitter just keeps giving you more of what you like when you look at one <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, so okay. Was, it, yeah, that was that's true. how our algorithms work. <laughs> I, uh, I love messing with listen, Laura we should, on <laughs> We should
1: settle this once and for all. We should all put a call into Emma Roberts' agent and ask her what she meant and almost said. Oh, in the man. How
0: Tom. crazy would it be if this somehow brought Emma Roberts and Tom Felton together? Oh, my gosh. That would be great. <laughs> Tom Felton... <laughs> They're no, right, they're no, right, they no, right. But no, I
3: mean, in all seriousness, I'm pretty sure at least one of them is in a long-term committed relationship, so that's worth mentioning, too. Um, but yeah. if you picked up a vibe, you're not wrong. There was something there, whether it's, like, feelings of that childhood crush, you know, still, you know, being very reminiscent for people. Maybe. But they're also clearly really close friends.
1: Yeah. Maybe after this reunion, something changed. There's something there that wasn't What happens at Leavesden stays at (laughs) Leavesden. Yeah.
0: There you go. Or does it? We're about to find out. (laughs) In terms of the little cut that Joel's talking about, I did watch this again before recording. Uh, Yeah, it's a little hard to spot, but I can see what you mean. And maybe she did start waxing poetic on tom a little more and they thought okay if we keep all of this in it might seriously mislead people or maybe <laughs> emma said don't include all that
1: <laughs> right i mean i i uh, noticed a couple of cuts and i just chucked it up to they were breaking down crying <laughs> like maybe there was just <laughs> oh a little gosh. bit too much sobbing you know
3: yeah I mean, I thought about it in terms of podcasting. You know, I know Andrew knows this better than anyone, but sometimes, you know, it happens to all of us. We maybe get a little bit rambly and it takes us a while to get to the point that we're trying to make. And from an editor's perspective, it can be easier to cut out parts of the conversation that don't really add anything so that you can get to the point in a much more succinct way. A succinct way, um, like Andrew's going to have to edit my my fumble there. Um, <laughs> but that that could also be it, you know.
1: And remember, 145, can't go over that limit. <laughs> well, here is an email we got from Seppi who says, Hi, everyone. Just wanted to check in and say that the reunion was mildly disappointing for me because I had stumbled on a YouTube playlist a while ago that included a series of videos called Creating the World of Harry Potter. I'm not sure exactly which DVD slash where it was from or whether you guys had seen it already, but I know you had mentioned throughout the review episode that you hadn't seen some things or heard some stories before, but it was all in those videos. All that to say, I did feel a little disappointed that it was much of a rehashing. Uh, Yes, this was uh, the Creating the World of Harry Potter was an eight part documentary that appeared on all the extended editions of the DVDs and uh it's amazing that there's a YouTube playlist of them because I think as soon as Warner Brothers finds out they're gonna take it down,
0: probably, yeah, but this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, close to nine hours
1: of a documentary, yep, and not yeah. a single mistake in all of it i've I've only ever seen uh I've only ever seen. HBO Max a little bit ago had like 10 minute versions of each of these interviews or each of these segments, but it was the sheer amount of content you're getting. It's basically like that book, Film Wizardry or page to screen in a video format. It's amazing. That
0: is our discussion on the reunion. I want to reiterate that many of us did really like the reunion. I'm actually surprised at how critical our listeners have been. I guess we, we've raised them a certain way because <laughs> we fault. do critique. Yeah. It's our fault. Sorry, everybody. No, but there was a lot to love. I, I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah. Same. All right. Let's get to some emails. We'll start with a Harry Potter one and then we'll move to some Fantastic Beast ones. This first one comes from May. Hey, MuggleCast, my name is May, but you can call me Mrs. Malfoy. Oh, sorry, Emma. I am in year seven, which in America would be sixth grade. Yes, I am from England. I was thinking about this and regarding your episode on things you would have changed in Harry Potter. I think Ginny and Harry were not a good match. NGL. What does NGL mean? Not going to lie. Not going to lie. I do think they have their cute moments, but I think it was just too good to be true. This is simply because Ginny was a total fangirl. It was too much of a coincidence given her having a crush on Harry through the whole series. I trust you guys will discuss this well. By the way, I am a Slytherin. My favorite character is Ginny or Cedric. My favorite
1: book and movie is Apple Prince. Thank you for your fandom ID, May. Well, that's a hot take, May. I feel like Ginny matured a lot, and I think that that doesn't rule anything out. There's the, there's the schoolgirl crush. And then there's the actually bonding over having a lot in common, including their shared experiences with Voldemort, which those experiences bond you on a more reasonable adult level. And I think it's even Hermione that says, well, like Ginny did some maturing over the years. And in fact, it wasn't until after, uh, with Hermione's help, Ginny stopped being such a fangirl and kind of got over Harry, that she then became in a position emotionally to... um, you know, be a partner to him, be a romantic interest. And he had a lot of growing up to do and maturing to do as well.
3: Something that I really like about this email um, from May is that they mention Ginny as a favorite character. And I feel like usually when uh, people who are against the Harry and Ginny ship come out, it's it's in large part because they don't like Ginny as a character.
1: That's a good point.
3: So I actually really appreciate here that May lists Ginny as a favorite character because, I, I don't know, I feel like it gives the opinion a little more weight in a way, yeah. you know? Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe more so from a writing standpoint, but I'm going to borrow something that Rupert said during the reunion, and I know I've said this before on the show, so he must listen to Mugglecast. Uh, this was a way for Harry to become a member of the Weasley family officially
1: oh oh yeah i i think that just because she was really into him as a kid doesn't mean they can't have a good romantic relationship later you should always be vocal and open and passionate about the things and people that you are passionate about and don't ever let anyone else tell you you can't have those things just like
0: tom and emma they had feelings for each other back in the day. That doesn't mean
1: it's the over. Producers now producers were like, "You can't, you can't do it." You can't, <laughs> Emma, stop looking at that call sheet. We know what you're doing. <laughs> By the way, your hamster died. You know, and gerbil wasn't it a gerbil. It was gerbil. a hamster. Wait, it was hamster.
0: Yeah, I'm messing with Eric.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you very much from uh, May. So
2: uh, we heard from Leon about episode three eleven which was about a prediction, but we didn't know at the time that it was actually a prediction uh, about Fantastic Beasts, they said. So I was listening to episode 311. and was amazed to hear Andrew say at 39 minutes, 18 seconds, that maybe they would give Jacob a special wand that allows muggles to do magic. By the way, right before that, Eric said that maybe they tried letting Jacob study at Hogwarts And then it went very wrong.
0: Ooh. So I have the clip. It's a couple minutes long, but I wanted to include the whole thing for all of the context. So let's listen. But I guess it also raises the question, like, will these be the core four characters throughout the series? Because as we talk about these other characters, I think one thing I'm wondering is, like, will Jacob really be in all five movies? And how could he actually be helpful? Like, I love Jacob. Don't get me wrong. But what the hell is he going to do? Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna bake a pie that smells so good it distracts Grindelwald and then you guys can go and kill him.
1: <laughs> there Will we go. pie just a little fellas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. There there.
2: It's it's a great point though that you bring up, Andrew, and, and you wonder because we've never really had a, a muggle character that was or Nomash that was central to the plot. In the Potter films, Harry, Ron, and Hermione were all wizards, witches. They, you know, you didn't have this this one individual, this outlier, so to speak. And and I wonder, will he learn magic? Is it possible for somebody who comes from the Muggle or the no community to to learn magic?
0: Well, that would certainly rock the fandom if JK Rowling introduced that. <sighs> I I, I want to say no. She won't because I think that's just – why would we never have heard about that? Yeah, she herself has
1: said no to Mm. that possibility because of Petunia wanting to attend Hogwarts. Uh, Mm. The unfortunate reality is you just can't. Although given that uh, Fantastic Beasts occurred first, (laughs) maybe they tried with Jacob and it just went horribly awry and he died and that's why they can't do it. (laughs) <laughs> for, for, for Petunia, right? Like Dumbledore. Actually, yeah. Maybe he wasn't that harsh, right? Maybe he's like, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll give this a shot, but it didn't work out.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Things could have changed between 1945 and early 90s, 80s. Uh, yeah, I guess it'd be earlier 80s, 70s. Okay, that would be cool. That would be cool, actually. Maybe like a special wand that lets muggles do magic. Or some form of magic. There we go. It took a while to get there, but that's a cool prediction. That was a great find, Leon. That episode was released February
1: 2017. We're coming up on five years. Wow.
3: We only have two movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this next one comes from Rebecca regarding Rio in Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm I actually think Brazil is shown in the trailer because at 21 seconds, the yellow banner says Shefa Suprema meaning supreme boss in Portuguese. And if you check out the red and white artwork of Castelo Bruchu on the Wizarding World website, the stairs and shape look just like those of the building they approach after walking through the wall at 043. Love the show. Thanks for so much that you do, Rebecca. Wow. So could they
3: be going to Brazil?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Thank you for the
0: research, Rebecca.
2: Yeah, this is really well done.
3: All right. Our next email comes from Becky with an interesting theory here. Becky says, sorry, I didn't get this email to you in time for your last episode of 2021, but I still just wanted to share my thoughts on Dumbledore giving Jacob the wand in the Fantastic Beast 3 trailer. My immediate assumption is that this is the Elder Wand and that Dumbledore was giving it to Jacob for safekeeping. So I was very surprised when no one even mentioned this as a possibility. It might sound silly to have a muggle just casually waving around the most powerful wand in the world, but it is a non-obvious hiding place, and we know that Dumbledore has done this kind of thing before. For example, hiding Harry at the Dursleys, having Hagrid transport Harry around on Sirius's motorbike, and having Mrs. Fig, a squib, keep watch on him. It's also similar to how Lily and James made Wormtail their secret keeper, rather than Sirius or Dumbledore. And by the way, I don't think it actually really looked like the Elder Wand in the trailer, but Dumbledore could probably just have transfigured it. Anyway, since I haven't heard this theory suggested by anyone else, I thought I would bring it up.
0: Well, that would certainly explain why Jacob doesn't let Hogwarts students touch it. (laughs) And yes, it does look different than the Elder Wands. It's a
1: fun theory. I don't know, though. I just just keep... I keep thinking about how, my, how well all those other plans worked out for him. Having Mrs. Fig unable to defend Harry when the Dementors come. Uh, having Wormtail be the one that betrayed all the Potters in the end. the Dumbledore's plans of hiding something where in plain sight have not gone well for him. I hope that this Jacob thing doesn't result in someone's death for how careless it might be.
3: But, I mean, you could argue that based on the fact that these later plans that Dumbledore hatches in the 90s don't work out for him. Perhaps he never learned his lesson. Because they succeeded. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: The other issue I see with this is if Jacob has the Elder Wand and he is confronted by villains, the villains are going to try to get the wand out of his hand, no matter what wand it is. And they're easily going to be able to disable Jacob because he's a muggle. So That's
1: becoming the master of the wand. Right.
2: The other question would be, when did Dumbledore... Come into possession of the Elder Wand. It may not be till after this series, also the defeat of Grindelwald, right? I just don't see him trusting a Muggle with the Elder Wand.
0: Yeah, it's I'm sorry
2: in the sense that like think about the whole backstory with Grindelwald and why we're even in this place to begin with. They're you know kind of pure blood mania, right? I mean, maybe not pure blood, but like they didn't like. No mages. They didn't like muggles, and I can't imagine that all of that has dissipated from Dumbledore in the right. last couple of years. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Dumbledore did get the Elder Wand after defeating Grindelwald, so uh, yeah, fun theory, but I'm I'm not going to buy this one. Thank you, though, Becky, for writing in with it. Love it's, the possibility. It's, it's fun so to ponder.
1: Rich with them. Yeah,
0: for sure.
3: It is a Dumbledore thing to do.
0: It is. It
3: is honestly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we have one final email here. It's our tradition when we do a Muggle Mail episode to to go all the way back as deep as we can into the Muggle Mailbag. And this one is from December of 2006. It's from Anna, who was 14 at the time from Chicago. And it's a theory about Dumbledore's death. We also have the IP address, but we won't include that. Uh, on the show <laughs> those good old feedback for how
0: they heard of us smuggle net main page
2: oh yeah oh that's right good call uh hi Mugglecasters. i have to admit that i'm a new listener because i just got an ipod for christmas but i've been wanting to listen to you guys for a while ever since i read half-blood prince i've had the theory that nicholas flamel didn't die in the first book but that he stayed alive on extra elixir and in the sixth book planned this with Dumbledore. He took Polyjuice Potion to look like Dumbledore and then took Harry on the mission to find the Horcrux. I know I may sound crazy, but that's what I am, a crazy, dedicated Harry Potter fan. (laughs) I was wondering whether you guys could discuss this on one of the shows. Thanks a lot, you brighten my day. Anna, that's pronounced with a soft A. So
0: Anna. So Anna, Anna. yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, Anna. Like the Frozen character. Written like a true 14-year-old. I know I may sound crazy, but that's because I am a crazy, dedicated Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Crackpot theory.
2: It's, I love this, though. This is this something is we would have entertained
0: back in the yeah. day. Sure. Anything was possible back then. Well, thank you, Anna, if you're still listening. And I hope you uh, liked the Frozen movie. Otherwise, you might have started resenting your parents <laughs> naming you Anna.
1: Right. And started referring to yourself as Anna. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. I'd also say please visit uh com. I wonder if this theory is uh, represented on old Wayback Sites for this because that's a great like body swaparu kind of explanation.
0: Speaking of fun domain names, I have big news for the show. We just renewed potternomore.com.
2: Did uh, you tell Andy?
0: You know what? No, partly because I went to the domain and I realized it's no longer auto redirecting to a site.
2: Oh. He did say he got a fair bit of traffic.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that concludes our Muggle Mail episode. If you want to write in with some feedback for a future Muggle Mail episode, you can email mugglecast.gmail.com or you can send a voice message to that address. For the latter, just record a message using the voice memo app on your phone. You can also use the contact form on mugglecast.com or you can leave a voicemail on our phone. The number is one nine two zero three 3Muggle. That's one nine two zero three six 368 4453. All right, and it's time now for Quizich.
1: Last week's question What is the name of Rupert Grint's child? <laughs> the correct answer was Wednesday. Wednesday G. Grint. The correct answers were submitted to us by about 35 people, including McGonagall's Bestie, Micah is the Greatest, Mischief Manager, Ian Hart's 5 Seconds of Screen Time, Anastasia, Ginny, Gianna, Greteletta, H-Dog, I Might Be Elsie, The Weight of Living as a Muggle, Thursday Watson, and somebody's... When Micah gets asked what's in the parcel when he's posting Laura's pants, I don't. <laughs> somebody tried for a. I okay. did not submit that. Somebody tried for a th- throwback. I did throw not submit that. Yeah, but um, I was doing my Hagrid. Thank you to everybody who submitted. <laughs> thank you to everybody who submitted. Um, next week's question: This Phelps twin, who plays Fred, in real life has a scar on his left eyebrow name oh the phelps twin now that's a fun question yeah pop
2: quiz i thought you were gonna say name the scar
1: <laughs> give the scar <laughs> name, name that scar <laughs> um anyway submit your answers to us over on the uh form which can be found on the mugglecast website mugglecast.com slash or click on quizage in the menu at the top and andrew one thing
2: i actually thought would be fun to do and I think we did this on the reunion show leading into this episode is just give a little bit of tease of what we're going to be doing on next week's episode so that we can get some feedback in, in, you know, relatively real time. Yeah. What are we doing? So we were talking about Jacob and the elder wand, uh, earlier, uh, but we will be doing a fantastic beast character discussion on Jacob.
0: Love it. There is a reason why we're doing this discussion here in January. But we won't tell you the reason why until the episode. We're going to be making some big news on the episode, so stay tuned.
2: So we will continue with our Fantastic Beasts character discussions. Definitely send us in all of your thoughts, theories, general comments, Yeah, and we'll include them on the show.
0: Only a couple months left until the next movie is released. If you want to hear that episode as soon as we record it, You can visit patreon.com slash MuggleCast and become a patron today. You will get access to our recording studio. You'll get early access to each new episode of MuggleCast. We release them on Mondays as soon as we finish editing them. And then everybody else gets them Tuesdays, but you will get them Mondays. You'll also get bonus MuggleCast installments, our planning docs, our exclusive Discord and Facebook group, and so much more. We'll have some announcements about new benefits in 2022, in the next week or two. So again, that's patreon.com slash mugglecast. Thanks to everybody who supports us. We couldn't do it without you. We are a weekly podcast. Thanks to your support. Also, make sure you're following the show for free in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And we would appreciate if you left us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify just added a podcast review feature. So if you could take a moment to give us a starred review, we would appreciate that. And last but not least... Don't forget to follow us on social media. we got a lot of good stuff going on. We are MuggleCast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Eric. I'm Micah.
3: And I'm Laura. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.